0: Before we get into this episode, if you enjoy the Cricket Mentoring Podcast, I'd love it if you could please take 60 seconds to leave a review, as it helps us get heard by more people. G'day legends and welcome back to another episode of the Cricket Mentoring Show. It's a beautiful day here in Perth, uh, and as always, I have my main man with me, Reedy. How are you, legend? Going very well, thanks,
1: Scolzi. Um Looking forward to this interesting conversation. We're, we're uh, going to attempt to, um, I guess, well, come up with who we think is the like currently the best player in the world right now. Um, particularly in Test cricket, um, it's quite a relevant conversation. I think with a
0: few blokes in and out of form, so should be good. Absolutely, and we're, we're by player we, we're talking we're, we're batters, so we're we're sort of really looking at <laughs> batting in more depth. We're not going to go into all rounders or bowlers. Maybe today, maybe that's time for another episode. But yes, very much. We've just been doing some research and giving us some sort of context around everything. So really looking forward to this one.
1: Yeah, no, I uh, don't know how we're going to get there, but it should be um, should be a good chat anyway. But firstly, mate, we um, we haven't been able to wipe the smile off your face all week. Um, I'm sure by now a lot of people. Would know that it's been a special week for young Teague Wiley um, and Cricket Mentoring and yourself um, making his first class debut for Western Australia here, here at the WACA in Perth so that's um, just an unbelievable achievement isn't it mate?
0: Yeah absolutely uh, I think I saw an article uh, a few days ago where he was it was an old article when Jake Fraser McGurk made his debut in, a couple of years ago as a 17 year old and he was only the fifth player um, this century since 2000 um, to do it as as 18, before his 18th birthday. So before wow. that, I think it was Cameron White, Pat Cummins, Arjun Nair, uh, Ka- Cameron Green, and then Jake Fraser McGurk. So that means Teague is the sixth player this century to debut before his 18th birthday. He turns 18 in a month's time. Um, and yeah, it's been an incredible week. And then to sort of be at the WACA yesterday when he walked out to bat, when he hit his first boundary, when he, when he was just in the middle for over an hour and put on over a hundred run partnership with Hilton Cartwright, it was, um, being there with his parents on day one, um, and his sister Georgia, he was, yeah, it's been a very, very special week, which we're going to sort of talk a bit more about now.
1: Yeah, that's, yeah, extraordinary, really. He's still, still a baby, isn't he? He looks like a 30 year old, but, um, no, nah, and that in is, uh, picture at the whacker receiving his cap was quite humorous but well
0: that's quite controversial you're a fan of it I'm not yeah I actually uh, don't
1: mind it so no good on him good yeah. on him be, be different be yourself that's I wonder
0: good. how he'll feel looking back in 20 years and think oh, I like it or what was I thinking well,
1: you look back what 30 or 40 years now they've all got the big mows and the big mops of hair so you never know he could could fit right in but um first firstly how did he how did he tell you about it um it must have been an exciting time for obviously him and his family and um, and then when he, when he spoke to you?
0: Yeah, well, um, just going back, I suppose, to the game, uh, the previous Shield game where he was, he was in the squad and he, he sort of rang and said he was in the squad for that and then he went away and then he sort of texted the, the day before the game when we were sort of really, I was pounding him saying, like, what's going on? Are you in? Are you in? Um, I thought he might be in that game, but then they went with the extra spinner and so he wasn't. Um, so coming back to the whacker. Um, where WA had to win and they, it was, they were going to prepare a green wicket to get a result, I didn't think they'd play two spinners, so I thought they'd probably um, go the extra batter. So with the makeup of the side, I thought it would either be Teague or Sam Fanning, another CM athlete who we've had a bit to do with. So um, I had a good feeling um, it would be one of those two, and I thought Teague might be slightly ahead of Fanners in the Red ball game, in the Red Bull team. Um, and then, yeah, Teague sort of gave me a call on Monday. It was two days before the game, and he said, just had a really good hit with Vogesy um, Voges he was on the sidearm obviously the coach Adam Voges and he said "Like, prepare to play we won't finalise anything till tomorrow but you're looking like you'll be in so that was huge news and I sort of was in the car and I was like yes and like <laughs> really carrying on a bit really excited I, and don't, then,
1: I don't think he was making that up either I reckon he gave a big one yeah
0: I was like literally drunk going, "Yeah!" clapping my hands going yes and so <laughs> it was good fun that um, and, and for it to know he was debuting at the Wacker and I could be there and his family could be there and everyone sort of special to him so um, that was the first part. And then the second, the next day, the Tuesday, he, um, he, I was waiting for a call from him. He was training at 9am waiting for a call. Um, he called me about lunchtime and said, are you at home? I'll, uh, I'll drop in and, and just see you. I'm just going to grab some lunch. So he, he grabbed a subway and, and then came to my house. Um, I was at home with my daughter. I have her on a Tuesday and he just sort of like gave me a big high five and hug and said, I'm in, I'm playing, batting at five. And, um, I was just so pumped. I was just so like excited. Um, yeah, he was, pretty, he was pretty calm and pretty chilled and relaxed, um, which, yeah, that was the exterior. Um, I, I'm sure he had a bit going on internally, he kept saying he felt fine. I know there was a bit going on the night before. Um, but yeah, it was really cool. He spent about an hour at my place on, on the Wednesday lunchtime, played with my, my two daughters, threw some balls to them and, and had, a, had a good time. We had a chat, spoke a bit about his sort of mindset and how he deserves to be there, how he's ready, um, just a few sort of yeah calming sort of thoughts and then we, we had a few more texts and a, a, another another call on the Tuesday night and it was incredibly exciting yeah so it was it was a, it was a very special and exciting um, couple of days leading into the the first day. Oh that sounds
1: yeah sounds incredible I can't even begin to imagine the feeling of when folks um, you gave him the nod that must have been a pretty special one. Um, I guess then so you get to Wednesday morning, was it? Um, the start of the Shield game, um, you got there early to see the the cap presentation and um, everything unfold there with the family and, and all that sort of stuff. So How that sort of make you feel
0: um, seeing all that? Yeah, same sort of thing. Very proud, very just happy for Teague. Um, it's definitely not about me. This is all about Teague. Teague is the one that sort of got there and Um, I wasn't able to do this in my sort of cricket career so I'm just thrilled to have played a bit of a part in in teagues so far and it's only just the beginning Um, but yeah look I I wasn't able to go on the field which was pretty disappointing um, COVID protocols and so forth so I was sort of in the on the front row of the stands about 40 meters away and and filmed it and watched it um, all unfold and and then he very uh, a very sort of nice gesture he came over to the fence and, and we took a photo together and um he obviously yeah gave me another big high five and and so it was just a really cool um buzz I then spent the day with his mum and dad um had a couple of quiet drinks in the afternoon to sort of celebrate with them and um yeah look it was just a very very special day I was pretty nervous all day I sort of wanted him to field well and and sort of be a good part of the, the team in that sense so I had this sort of sort of anxious, nervous feeling, even though I was really up and about and enjoying it. Um, I was getting lots of messages. No doubt Teague, Teague got hundreds of messages, as did Marnie and John. The, the, his parents, they got heaps, but I got quite a few as well. People sort of sending well wishes to Teague through me and and congratulating me for the work I'd done with him over the last five and a bit years. So, yeah, it was a really, really nice sort of day um, on the Wednesday. And, and he, he didn't have to do much in the field, had a couple of little sort of moments where he could have Im- impacted the game. But... All in all is a pretty uh, interesting day and, and leaving the wacker on, on Wednesday night, I, was, I sort of said to his parents and a few other people, isn't isn't cricket a strange game where you can debut and you can be there for six hours, seven hours all day and not actually do anything. He fielded a few balls but didn't bowl, didn't bat and he had to wait till the next day to get his opportunity. So yeah, such a crazy game.
1: Yeah, we can all agree that it's just a silly game in general, but <laughs> we love it somehow and um, and then yeah, we were we spent the day Thursday um oh, down at the wacker. We were we were kind of barracking for the VIX in the first little bit, hoping they'd get a couple of quick wickets so um T could get out there and um he yeah, I think it must have been what just before lunch. Forty minutes 40 before lunch, before lunch he and he strolled out to the middle and like I just I could sense the nerves um sort of peaking next to me from Scalzi and um, I think Bucky, the Victorian coach, even sent you a message at that time and um, asked how you were travelling because, um, yeah, I think it was pretty clear to see that you are yeah, quite anxious, but, geez, it was, it was it was an exciting moment seeing him actually walk out there um, and to actually just get stuck into things and he just looks, like, so calm um, and the way he carried himself, it, it doesn't really ever change, does it? He's in his own world, so to speak, Um in general, isn't he really? So, um, I think, yeah, how, how does he manage his emotions? It's is it something that you've like worked on with him, or is it a natural thing for him? Um, you heard well, there's a funny story from um Teague's mum the night before he went out to bat. I think it wasn't all so so smooth sailing. Yeah,
0: he he's like anyone really, he gets nervous, he gets anxious, but he's born to bat like he's he's just (laughs) loves it so much and for for whatever however he does it he he does manage to handle that emotion well when he was younger he didn't and um i was with chris rogers last night as as everyone knows very good friend of mine and we were we were reflecting on a time three years ago when we were in maroochydore in queensland and we were having a, a beer with teague's parents and they were talking about how anxious he was before he'd go out and bat and how he was v- and that held him back okay, up until that point he hadn't scored many runs um, in national carnivals he'd been to a few under 13s and an under 15s carnival and at that stage two games in he hadn't scored any runs and he was he'd get very tense very anxious and couldn't then execute his skills. And and so we had some we've had some conversations over the years about like mate you're a good player just trust yourself just just back yourself and also he, he speaks to his dad a lot um, who's he, who's a really big influence in his life and his cricket career and and he sort of is a really sort of down to earth guy who's played a lot of cricket and talks about similar sort of messages to me that you're gonna get low scores it's it's part of the game and so I think he's just he's in a really good space he's had three years where every innings just about he's he's got runs. Yeah. Um, and that's not ex- entirely true. He's been through his downs as well, but I think he just walked to the middle with sort of some real deep belief that this is where I belong. This is what I, I sort of want to do. Like I've, and he's done it. It's not like he's not deserved this, this spot. He's done it at second 11, yep. even going back, he's done it first grade. Yep. He's then gone to second 11. He's done it at second 11. He's gone to the world cup. He's done it there. So he, he's got the runs behind him to walk out there with some confidence. And, he probably couldn't have come in at any better time. Day two, morning of day two, the wicket was pretty good. It wasn't nipping around. It picked up a little bit of pace. It was coming onto the back quite nicely. The Vicks have an excellent attack, but they, they were they was 60 overs old. The ball was was older. Um, he had an experienced player in the other, at the other end in Hilton Cartwright. They sort of ran hard and ran really well between the wickets together. I think those two will, will bat a lot together and, and, and probably score a lot of runs, and they're, they're very, very good between the wickets. So... Um, yeah look he he said to me on the on the Tuesday he said look I'll be very nervous going out to bat and as you mentioned he was very nervous the night before his mum called me and said she was he was bouncing off walls and, <laughs> and he needed to calm down a bit why, why can I say that so clearly as yeah well before batonier, he went to the world batonies, cup yeah. before he went to the world cup he was like got all his gear he had all his gear on in the lounge room with shadow batting and all his gear and yeah. I don't think he did that this time but he was pretty yeah um hard he doesn't like sitting still and um, so he said he'd be nervous the first few balls, but once he faced a few balls and um, once uh, he got off the mark, he, he'd relax. And you could tell he was he was on. He, first ball was a pretty good ball from Cam McClure, sort of middle and off. He blocked it nicely to mid yeah. on. Yeah. He then went wide for three, left him, and then he, the next ball I think he hit was a, a nice sort of oh, – a bit of a slice but behind point. But that would have relaxed him. A few overs later, he hit a beautiful cover drive off Will Sutherland that really sort of relaxed him. And then – I think the one of the great things is, is it doesn't it, like, and this is something that's really evolved in his game, is that it doesn't matter if he's playing for Rockingham, or WA um, Second Eleven, or Australia in, at the World Cup, or now Shield cricket. He just loves batting, so it's it's the ball versus him. It's yeah. not it's not James Pattinson, Australian quick. It's not oh Will Sutherland. It's not oh there's lots of people around me. It's let's let's bat. Let's just see the ball and bat. Let's try and make good decisions. And so once he was in and relaxed, he just batted. That's what he does. And it's the highest quality bowling he will have ever faced, but also on a very good wacker wicket, um, and it just showed that his game is sort of up to it, um, which we've always sort of thought. But what? I'm
1: happy to admit that i actually didn't think it was like going to be like quite good enough technically early on like a few years ago i thought i did have my doubts about that sort of thing but the way he's applied his technique to then his batting blueprint is what has made it so good i think and he almost limits himself with his options so that and he just nails those options every time and um i see, i said to you yesterday we we're watching him and he hit flicked one through mid-wicket, um, I think it was, for four. And then the next ball, he back foot punch one. Three. Other way around. Back oh, foot yeah. punch off Pattinson. Yeah, and I, I just turned around and I said, like, that is just Teague in an absolute nutshell. And that were the same shots he was playing in the under-19s and the same shots you see every week at, um, at a, any grade ground he's batting at. And I think, um, yeah, it was just incredible to see him, like, just keep doing what he does. And then, like thing that got me um, Pattinson started to go at him with the short stuff and like he just he pulled one in f- just in front of square I think it was out to the deep deep fielder and I was just like our eyes both opened up and we are just like wow that was next level because um, most other batters like facing Pattinson that day had battled with that um that short ball because it was quite variable and
0: yeah that was when our yeah like oh no he belongs here i think that's how i felt anyway yeah with the second new ball and that was always going to be a real test was like facing someone of pattinson's sort of caliber pace with a newer ball um and coming hard at him with the short ball but uh, it, he just looked so comfortable uh, it wasn't a hugely fast wicket yesterday but it had pace in it mm-hmm. um but his game's in a good place and and going back to his technique side of things which you mentioned He was a bit limited a few years ago and he had a few technical issues. He'd close his front foot off a bit. Um, He'd have to play around his pad and he'd fall over. And and, and they're things he's going to have to keep managing throughout his whole career. But he's worked really hard and, and he's done his drill work. He hasn't been afraid of hitting lots of underarms to then make improvements. He loves the contest. He loves facing bowlers and getting on the sidearm, but he doesn't ever neglect the daily vitamins, doesn't neglect the drill work that develops his technique, um, which is really important. It's really important for young batters out there, young young players, even anyone, bowlers or whatever, that you've got to put in the time in the simple stuff, the sometimes the boring stuff, to make those those changes and those improvements. So, yeah, and I, the, the fun is... And the thing that
1: put the biggest smile on our face, I reckon, was like the second over, of the off spinner of bowl, He just dropped down and swept in for four. And I've, we almost laughed because like, that was just... Yeah, everything... Yeah. Everything we you've sort of worked with him and as you say, just drills and drills and underarm sweeps, like and in the nineteens that he bore that out.
0: Um yeah, it was it was quite a good moment that one. Uh, I absolutely. Yeah. We were sitting at sort of deep cover and, and we couldn't see the line that the bowler was bowling, but you could sort of see The pace and the length and and yeah, he just sort of running down, knocking it to long on, knocking it to long on, blocking, got back and cut one and then all of a sudden bang, four behind square and that's something that a few years ago we started with underarms. We started with little soft underarms and learning to play the sweep shot and then we went to India, he came to India with us and did a lot of work on his sweep shot there and he just batted and batted and batted and batted for hours and hours and hours and days and days there and that was the sort of start um, of him learning to play spin well and, and watching him play Matt Short yesterday where he ran down and just clipped into long on, jogged to the other end, got back. Know. It just looked like a 100 sort of game player. And, yeah, it was pretty exciting just watching him. Just his all-round game. He, he, he scored off the back foot uh, against the quicks. He cover drove the quicks. He flicked off the, the quicks' legs. He, he sort of played the spin well. And he got a good ball in the end, probably one he didn't need to play at. Um, and he said that Will Sutherland's action, he sort of comes from 11 o'clock and it makes you feel like you have to play at them yep.
1: um, more often than not. Well, yeah that was one i I called sort of the over before i would said i'd probably be bowling sutherland to him because he hits that sort of really awkward length with the new ball and um so that that's the next sort of test isn't it is like being able to um, adjust to those really skillful guys um that
0: yeah are at that next level there. and there's one or two in every side where it really can be tough absolutely and i think the next test on top of that is Teams are going to start trying to work him out. They've got footage and, and they, they sort of see how he plays now and they're going to, they're going to have plans for him. They, he's not such an unknown now um, and, and teams are going to be able to do a bit more research on him and sort of set plans up for him. So there's going to be many, many tests and, and like any batter, I'm sure there's going to be a lot of struggles and he's going to have to fight through them. Uh, he's going to have to work through them, but... Look, it was very exciting. WA probably going to win the Shield game today um, and then they'll host the final next week against the Vicks again who get back Boland and Harris. So it'll hopefully well, be eh. a... It um, a, a might be a, a slightly more... Um, a better contested match. But if he does play, if they do pick him again in the final, coming up against the Vic attack with Boland, I think will be an incredible test. But what an experience for a 17-year-old to potentially play in a Sheffield Shield final. No, that... Yeah
1: that that'll be next level really dreams it's what dreams are made of um take us back to sort of where it all began for our listeners not everyone might know sort of how you how you met teague and how it all how it all started with with him um when he was back when he was 13 um there's some good banter around this isn't there
0: yeah well i was joking with teague's mum marnie or she sort of brought it up at the ground on wednesday how when she first sort of I came across me, she thought I was a weirdo because I slid into Teague's DMs on Instagram. I, um, I sort of, back when we were sort of starting Cricket Mentoring, we had to get attention somehow and I spent a lot of time on sort of my cricket looking at players' stats. We still do this a bit now as well. We look at players' stats. Um, we find, try and find them on Instagram and then we sort of send them a DM saying, oh, well done on the weekend or well done. And, and in this particular case, I saw that Teague had won some awards at the, for the most runs or whatever in the Wacker." Um, under thirteens, and it's a it's a vivid memory in, in my mind of the photos he was I saw, and then I sent him a message saying, "Hey mate, congratulations on um your your season and your awards. Um, you should come and have a hit with me sometime." And and what cricket mentoring was sort of still young then. I think we'd been going for a bit under a year, so we still had some sort of following, but it wasn't a big following. Um, and he replied, "Oh look, I'll I'll speak to my mum," and then he showed his mum Marnie, who we're now very close, and and she was like. Oh, well, this bloke's a weirdo. Like, and I, and I, I think I followed up with like, oh, "I'll give you a hit for free," and because he said, "Oh, look, mum and dad said no, they don't want to, they can't afford it, they don't want to pay for it, whatever." And, and I said, "Look, mate, come along, I'll give you a hit for free." And I was like, just, I trusted myself that if they came and they met me, mm. um, that they would see that I'm a, I'm a normal, good bloke. I wanted to sort of work with good players, and so they Rationable. came along. First <laughs> session was at Richardson Park um, in South Perth, up the road here, and, um, yeah, like I was. I think yeah they had their reservations but once we met we sort of connected I, I sort of threw him some balls and from the first few balls I thought gee whiz this this 13 year old he is with a high pitched voice back then he um <laughs> yeah. he he technically set up like incredibly well and, and mature he was um he was in great positions for his age um better than a lot of positions of, of guys that I was playing first grade with and just the way he asked questions and talked about the game and thought about the game i thought wow he really loves it and understands it and then i was looking back on our messages recently from that very beginning and i think he messaged me that night asking me questions like his brain had sort of been ticking since the session and he asked me questions and then said when can we have our next session and then like i think we had a session a few weeks later and then again a few weeks later and he kept messaging in between on instagram saying like well what about this what about that Oh, are you watching this and we just started this dialogue where we were constantly talking about batting and, and cricket and and then from there like he, his mum and dad used to sort of give him a, a day off school once a week um every not every week but he sort of didn't really like school he didn't get on well with school he wasn't a great student and so they saw a lot of value in him coming to spend time with me i'd, I'd throw him balls i was still playing so he'd throw me balls and We'd get lunch and we'd just hang out. He'd do some stuff for cricket mentoring, reply to some messages or whatever. And and we just became really good friends, even though there's sort of – he was young and there's an age gap. We connected and we we both love cricket, cricket nuffies. And, yeah, so it's been sort of um, five years or so. He's coming up to his 18th birthday next month, so really looking forward to having a beer with him for the first time. And um, (laughs) not his first beer, but um, with him, so – yeah, it's been, it's been a great ride and I, I could never have imagined him getting to where he is so quickly. I've always thought that he would be a very could be a very special player, but the last couple of years have just been incredible and um, no doubt there's many sort of tough times ahead, um, especially now that he's playing at this level, um, but yeah, it's been a fun ride so far and I look forward to sort of being a part of it moving forward as well.
1: Yeah, I think there's one thing we can all agree on here and that is that you're still a weirdo. So, nothing's changed there, man. <laughs> Fair call. <laughs> no, but that's um that's a yeah, it's a wonderful story and um something yeah, I think we're pretty proud of here at Cricket Mentoring and I know you are um especially there. So, yeah, moving on to um yeah, this is going to take some time, I think. I I yeah, still don't know how we're going to work it out, but um I messaged Scholes last week, um, saying, no, "We we've we've got to we should discuss who is actually the best player in the world right now at this at this present batter. moment." Batter or batter, batter. Yeah, you have got to be a batter to be a good player, in my opinion. <laughs>
0: um, yeah, where are we at with this? Where are you at? <sighs> well, I think that you best batter in the world. We're going to start with Test cricket because to us that's the ultimate. That's why it's called Test cricket. It's the ultimate test. And if you're not good in test cricket, in our opinion, and guys, you all everyone's entitled to their own opinion, but in our t- opinion, test cricket is the pinnacle. And if you don't sort of do well in test cricket, well then you're not one of the best batters in the world. So you gotta start with the Fab Four, the big four, whatever they're called, Steve Smith, Joe Root, Kane Williamson, and Virat Coley. But I think you have to add into them Baba Azam and then manas who's had an amazing start to his career. Once we do venture outside of just Test Cricket, I think Rohit Sharma and David Warner enter the conversation as well as the best all-round players across all three formats. And yep. we're going to sort of also discuss Usman Kawaja because he is in some red-hot form and he could be he could be the best batter in the world right now if we're thinking about the last six months or even three months or so. So, yeah, where are they at ranking-wise? Yeah, it's wise? Just, yeah.
1: Well, yeah it's, the rankings are a very interesting one. So we've got Marnus, number one. Um, after and this is rankings. test rankings yeah test rankings root 2 smith 3 williamson 4 baba 5 root sharma 7 Coley, 9 warner 12 and usman khawaja
0: is 13 it's interesting what there's something that stands out for me there i think manus root smith top williamson top 3 yep baba is is quite high i didn't yep. didn't realize he'd be that high in red ball in, in test cricket and Coley at 9 that obviously is a, is on the back of him not Getting a test century for over two years, but I th- from what I have understood, I thought his numbers are still okay. And and Smith's in a similar boat. I think he's gone fourteen innings out now without a test century, but yep. he's got seven half centuries in that time. Yeah, um, quite
1: shocked that Robert Sharma's actually passed him mm-hmm. and gone above him there. That's I actually yeah wasn't aware of that. That's um that's interesting.
0: And I I don't um I don't know. I don't know how the metrics are sort of done or worked out. I'm not um, exactly sure how that's done, but that's obviously yeah some sort of um, uh, algorithm to work out the numbers. But if we break it down into their stats, Joe Root has played a lot more, quite a bit more than everyone else, 117 tests. He's got the most runs as a result of that, 9,884. Um, the next most uh, tests, 101 tests, Coley's got 8,043 runs. And just behind him in terms of runs, Steve Smith is eight, has just passed 8,000 runs, 8,010 runs he's at now, but only 85 tests. And Williamson, 86 tests, one more than Smith, 7,272 runs, so 730-odd runs less than Smith in one more test. So look, I'm going to start straight away, and we're going to break down some of these numbers more, but in this test match, Steve Smith passed 8,000 runs. He was the... He broke the record, or he's now the fastest to 8,000 runs. 151 innings it took Steve Smith to get there. The next best is Sangakara, 152 innings. Tendulka was 154 innings. So Garfield Sobers was 157 innings, and Dravid was 158 innings. And of all those players, when they passed 8,000 runs, Smith averaged 60.15. Is the only player over 60. Sobers was 59. Um, Tendulkar was 58 Dravid was 57.5 Sanga 57 Callas 56 Ponding 56 So wow. look It's been 14 innings Since Smith Has scored a test century January 2021 um, Over 12 months But to me He's still the best player In the world Those numbers are, are Head and shoulders Above the next best
1: That's yeah Well it's pretty tough To argue The fastest 8,000 runs Has got to count To count for something there Doesn't it Quick shout out to Kumar Sangakara The god of left handers I, I thought Sean him. Marsh was the god of lefties. Yeah, hands but here. Kumar's like everyone's dad. <laughs> <laughs> he's a, He is a guru. He's yeah. a guru. Yeah. yeah, what a player he was. Um,
0: what about the averages there, Reedy? What are you seeing in the averages?
1: Yeah, averages, yeah. is slipping under, under 50 is quite an interesting um, conversation itself. It, I never thought I'd see the day. But this last couple of years, he's um, obviously struggled and, Oh, not yeah, not so much struggle, but he's had a, a slight down period there, hasn't he? Manus up at 54 still is bit, yeah, but incredible. But that's come down.
0: I think Manus had an average better than Smith. Was it?
1: His, was he about 64
0: yeah, or something? I think Manus there? had an average better than Smith um, maybe after the home series. And then he's had five innings in Pakistan and only averaged 34. And because he hasn't played a whole lot, when you've played less, obviously, I'm, I'm probably telling something that everyone knows, your Im- average gets impacted more greatly by the good scores and the bad scores, then when you've played a lot of cricket, uh, a big hundred or a duck doesn't impact your average as much. So Manus getting a few low scores has brought his average down quite significantly. But 54, still, that's yeah. very
1: good. Oh Yeah, and Kane Williamson is sort of um, an unsung hero in a way because he, he they haven't played a lot of test cricket lately. So I think um, it's tough to sort of... Yeah, compare him right
0: now with people, um, and Kane but, as well. Often plays on seeming wickets in yeah. New Zealand, so to average fifty three point four seven, very good. He is an exceptional player.
1: I, I honestly think um, his technique and game, overall game, is probably the most suited all around the world. Like compared to the other guys at the moment, mm. I think he his game will hold up. No matter where he is, um, but so you've gone.
0: You've gone with Smith right now is still the well, best. Well, yeah, I think so overall. And I think you just can judge them on their record right now. Khawaj is betting, bat, batting better than Smith. Let's be honest. Yeah. is averaging one hundred and sixty or something in this series in Pakistan, and he's out batting everyone. But I think overall, I still think Smith's the best, and he's, he's average. We've just mentioned minus fifty-four, Williamson fifty-three, Kohli forty-nine, Root forty-nine point four, Usman's up to forty-seven. And Babar is forty-five. Smith is fifty-nine point seven eight. He's dipped under sixty after he got out. He was over sixty when he passed eight thousand. Got out. Um, it's it's passed. It's just gone under sixty. But it's fifty-nine after eighty-five tests. That is phenomenal.
1: Yeah, that's just a bit, a bit silly, really. And yeah, I think I'm gonna make a bit of an argument for Joe Root as as the best current player or batter. Sorry. Um, he's played 117 tests nearly 10,000 runs which i actually was quite shocked at that's um that's amazing at an average of 49.42 the the thing that amazes me with him is um he's scored 25 centuries and 53 fifties that is a lot of a lot of times passing 50 i think it's what have we got here? Thirty six percent of the time, he passes fifty.
0: Yep, is that and that's, right? And that's so he's got he's passed fifty the most times, and that makes sense given he's played the most tests, He's has um, got uh, had the most innings. So he's passed 50 78 times, but his conversion his conversion rate from fifty to one hundred is one of the lowest. It's the lowest, Thirty two percent. Yep. Um, Marnus is thirty one, and Baba is twenty three. So they're actually lower than Root. But if Roots conversion rate compare that to Smith who's 42 percent to 42.85 percent and Coley's conversion rate from 50 to 100 is 49 percent that's the best of the whole lot but Root has passed 50 more times he's got fifty three fifty. so if Root had have converted some of those 50s to 100s he was numbers he still averages uh, what is he at? 49.4. If he had converted some of those 50s, his numbers would probably be closer to Smith's. And that was a real, I think, criticism of Root for quite some time, that he wasn't getting playing match-winning innings. He wasn't scoring big hundreds. But while Smith and Coley have probably gone backwards a little bit in the last two years in terms of their output and their numbers and their centuries scored... Root has really probably been the premier batter in in Test cricket over the last couple of years. And yeah, another thing to, to maybe consider
1: is Root, like batting in England, it it does sort of nip around all all day, doesn't it? It's a you've got to be, you've got to bat well the entire innings to score hundreds. You get the odd flat one or one that turns a bit. Um, and then I look at him right now and like his game against spin is, it is world class. Like watching him sweep is actually poetic if you ask me and um his recent series in the subcontinent and over in the west Indies right now where it is turning um yeah i yeah cheese is good I, i just
0: yeah it's tough to go against him right now um well i think i think that the trend or the theme like to get to the into this conversation these sort of seven players and then you add in sharma and warner nine players you've got to be good in all conditions against all types of bowling like I think there'd be Warner would be there'd be a knock on Warner that he hasn't scored the runs in England when the ball does swing and seam a bit, but overall his Test and career record, ODI and T20 records is phenomenal. And all of these players, they've all scored runs all around the world, and their game is good against pace and spin. There's not too many kinks in their armor, um, and to me that that all comes down to having good fundamentals technically, yep. but also an incredible hunger to be the best and be the best they can be um, and a, a willingness to constantly learn and tinker and adapt so that they can get better and they can evolve. Cause as we just spoke about with Teague, there's these guys are, are sort of every opposition knows their strengths, knows a lot about them and they've got plans to try and counter them. Um, and I think England actually did that quite well in the ashes this year. They bowled straight at a Smith and they had a leg side field and they made it harder for him and, um, but just, yeah, these guys are all phenomenal players. And, and, and I think an important message for any young players watching or listening is they're not always at the top of their game. Root went for a few years where he was struggling to get runs. Coley at the moment is below par in terms of his output. Smith, although he's still really um, going quite well, seven half centuries, his last 14 innings, he hasn't got a century in that time, which is below par for him. They, um, they do go through tough times. But over a long period of time, their numbers are still phenomenal, yeah, no there's and like I think with root he's
1: he still gets out in similar ways he's, he, those weaknesses are actually quite um, I guess they stand out in a way and but yeah f- that for them to execute the rest of their game so well and try and limit their weaknesses for long periods of time is probably um, a big reason why they're able to convert and um like yeah score so many runs as well and you, you look actually look at yeah you look at Marnus, Root, Coley that sort of even you could argue for Smith and Barber like that channel outside off is quite a weakness and then a lot of them how good are they through the leg side and being able to manipulate the ball around um I think it's pretty clear with Smithy and um, Root especially how good they are off turning balls off off stump into the leg side um mm. S- some interesting trends when you start going into their um, sort of game blueprints, I, I, I guess you could call it. And
0: scoring areas. And, and something that I think is an interesting stat, and we did a little bit of sort of stat nothing out before this, that Marnus has the highest um, percentage of getting to 50. So if you if you look at how many innings they've played and how many times they've passed 50, you get a percentage of how often they get past 50. And he, in his career, short career, 26 tests, he's played the least tests out of all of them. He's passed 50, 42.2% of the time. Smith is 41.7, which after 85 tests is phenomenal. They're all phenomenal. Williamson passes 50, 38% of the time. Baba 37% of the time. Root, 36% of the time. Coley's conversion rate from 50 to 100 was the best, but he's only passing 50, 32% of the time. And Khawaja's conversion rate is exceptional as well, 42%. Um, every time he gets to 50, 42% of the time he gets to 100, but he only gets to 50 32% of the time. Although that would be that would be higher in recent times. His, his numbers in this sort of since he came back into the side, 137, 101 not out against um, England at Sydney. He had a bat, sort of a tough game in Hobart where it was nipping around. He got 6 and 11. Then this Pakistan series, 97, 160, 44 not out, 91, 104 not out, his average is one hundred and twenty-five since he's come back into this team. So, as I said before, he's not—he's not in the top six. He's not in the best six because he was out of the team three or four months ago. But he must be close to the best batter in the world right now. Yep, it's very,
1: very tough to argue that. And
0: I think the fact he's doing it um, in pretty—I
1: don't know—could you could you call the Pakistan a tough conditions or? Well, they're, I think they they're, 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 foreign, batting, but they're pretty friendly, friendly wickets. Yeah. Um, but Manu, but, but manas has struggled there so um it's yeah they're not having it all their own way clearly um I, one thing i want to talk about it yeah i think is standing up in the right the big moments like and um knock in the last test to i think yeah 100, 197 or something and to miss out on the double century but it was when he did it for his team on the last in the fourth innings of a test match um those are the sort of things I like to take into consideration and um, showing that sort of grit, that determination um, when it matters most. And um, I have looked back to, like, Smith's in the Ashes in England when he was pretty much carrying Australia and um, sensing the big moments. So that, that's the sort of stuff I, I love.
0: Yeah, well, I think Smith's 100 in the first test of the last Ashes, his first test since sort of back from Sandpaper Gate and... Um, and the crowd was into him and and that hundred I think he's listed as his favorite and that was incredible the the emotion that was attached to that and that again is is something that these great players are able to do Um, they're able to stand up in big moments and that's why they're the best and so I think ultimately across their careers they'll be judged by their their averages their their runs scored their their averages um, and their hundreds scored but it's just such a funny thing. At any point in time, if we went back six months, we went back two years, any point in time, they're all, they'll, they'll, there'll be others that are, someone will be the best and one of the others won't, but ultimately they're judged on their career and they're all fantastic players and are all going to end as true greats of the game. Um, if we move into the white ball game now, we're not going to dissect the numbers as clearly, but something that stands out in the white ball rankings is Babba. How good is Babar in white ball cricket? Yeah, number one in One Day Internationals and T20 Internationals. To that's go with five, he's he's ranked five in test cricket. So overall, it suggests that he's the best all-round player in the world right now. Do you agree with that? Uh, yeah, that's just, it's as simple as that really. Um, and to give it some num- context, yeah. to give it some context, don't lie that Cole, Coley is ranked nine in test cricket, two in ODI cricket, but... 16 in T20 cricket. So Coley, in my opinion, 70 international hundreds. He's the best all-round player. So just to clarify, I'm saying Steve Smith's the best test batter at the moment. He's been the best test batter for some time now. But I think Coley's the best all-round batter. But Baba, he is phenomenal. Five and top in the other two. Yeah. And geez he's good to watch isn't he? He's one of those
1: um naturally gifted sort of players. He's quite a positive player. Um so that it's it's begs a question, can he do it sort of when the ball's nipping around in um Australia, England, South Africa when yeah, when it's yeah, getting more above waist height uh, more often. I I know he plays a short ball pretty well, but um against the red ball, yeah, you you want to You've got to be able to adapt to those conditions too. So that that's probably his next big test, isn't it? Um, starting to take this
0: sort of form. Um, and, and Baba's only played 40 tests. So yeah, he, yeah. In test cricket, he's still quite sort of young compared to the other players. But um, in terms of rankings, he's, he's easily the best. Coley, across a long period of time, has been exceptional in all formats. He's the, the greatest playing at the moment, I think. But Rohit Sharma, he is um, seven in test cricket, fourth in ODI cricket, And this actually surprised me. He is 14th in T20 cricket. He's one of the most dynamic, one of the best T20 batters in the world, in my opinion, but he's ranked 14th. But that is... It seems like that's better than Warner. Warner, he's ahead of Warner in Test Cricket. He's ahead of Warner in ODI Cricket. And he's ahead of Warner in T20 Cricket. So I, I thought that they are two others across all formats who are phenomenal. You look at the Warner's IPL numbers, and that's obviously not international cricket, but that's the best IPL tournament in the world with all the best players. And Warner does incredibly well there. He was the player of the tournament in the T20 World Cup. Mm. So... Warner's ranking probably doesn't do him justice and ranking isn't everything. It's an algorithm and if you miss games, you, like if you're rested and you miss games, you miss series, your ranking's going to drop down. So I don't think that tells the full picture. Yep. Um, but to me, Warner, Rohit is nudging Warner, is, is ahead of Warner as a one of the best all-format players. Yeah, I, Rohit's one of
1: those guys that feels like... Every time he walks out to bat in a one day, he's, he's getting a big one. That's just yeah, that's how good he is, and he makes batting look so easy. He is one that actually um, has played well in Australia and, and um, overseas from India because he's got that. He plays a short ball well. He plays spin well. He, he's sort of very adaptable too. So, mate, I'm yeah, I'm not
0: getting any closer to
1: sort of narrowing this down. I don't
0: know. I just just for the record, I think. Um, of the Fab Four, Virat is the best all-round player, yep. as we've just said. I think Kane and Joe Root are, are pretty close. Like Kane Williamson's ranked 44 in T20 cricket, um, and we know that he's a fantastic ODI player as well. Smith's not in the top 100 for T20. I think Smith used to be quite a good T20 player. I think his T20 game has probably suffered a bit in recent time with his elbow injury and um, whatever else he hasn't sort of had the scored the runs that he he's capable of scoring, he's still a fantastic ODI player. Root um, is ranked ahead of Smith in ODI cricket. He's ranked tenth. Smith's ranked fifteenth. Marnus is pretty much a Test player only at the moment. He'll probably evolve into an all-format player. But sixty-one in ODIs and not ranked in the top hundred in T20. So it's just such an interesting conversation. I think that Root Williamson and Smith. Um, are all very similar players but cole is head and shoulders above them um in terms of all formats yeah i think yeah
1: no that's uh totally agree with that and i think we're very blessed with um this sort of group of players and getting to watch them um yeah sort of battle it out and um strive for greatness really like i like what you said before it's you get judged on your career overall and you you look at ponting for example and his last couple of years he he did struggle and um he sort of people thought he was sort of down going, going downhill and whatever but you look back and he's, he's still yeah one of the greats oh. absolutely so, well i think we've uh, sort
0: of covered a fair bit of it there and and there's probably heaps of stats and information we've left out but we've just sort of shared what we think we'd love to know um your comments or thoughts um if you're watching on youtube leave a comment we'll try and reply to a few of them who do you think is the best player in the world batter in the world right now in men's cricket um And also, uh, if you're sort of listening on a podcast, send us a message on Instagram and and let us know your thoughts. Hopefully, you've enjoyed this conversation. So, um, Reedy, we haven't done this for a few weeks, but let's. there was a real standout innings um, and you were frothing over this. And we actually had a few of our players, Teague actually messaged us and then Doki messaged us saying, (laughs) this is obvious. Who is the latest inductee into your Grinders Club? Yeah, well, we were sort of... um we're waiting for one
1: to jump out at us and um, fi- to find a, a worthy sort of um, new member. And yeah, this one is very tough to go by. We have no choice here. And um, that that uh, cap number nine is going to Craig Brathwaite from the West Indies. And this is after um, he faced the most balls in a test match ever by a West Indian, um, which was 673 deliveries in in the one game, which is phenomenal. Um, and if you think about it, you think back to Brian Lara scoring 400 odd. Um, that was still was that still less balls then. Mm. So that is just yeah, it's an unbelievable achievement. And um, he he was really trying to stand up for his his country there. And another interesting stat I saw was. Um, the last test centuries scored by a west indies opener were all against england were all him
0: the last 10 yeah
1: last 10 since i was about 2014 i think it goes back to 13 maybe um to score 10 test centuries against one team yeah. is a and huge and in effort. england as well probably there's a few that in england yeah. are in tough tough conditions and um he's a proper grinder you can see it And technically he's, he's not fussed about how it looks and he just loves getting behind the ball and um, clearly, is very good with his hands and being able to adjust to a moving ball, and um, his temperament is just unbelievable. So um, it could be, yeah, the modern day wall of Test match cricket because that's the only time we get to see him. So it's um, good, good that he's actually able to maintain this um, and over over a course of a, a long period of time. And um, yeah, welcome to the club, Craig.
0: Well, well done, Craig. And I uh, I went to share a story of. Um about him the other day and and had to sort of follow him to share it. And then uh, it had the follow back. So he's been a cricket mentoring follower for some time. And after I actually got a screenshot sent to me by Teague um, after that, and Teague goes, I want to break this record. (laughs) One of Teague's ambitions is to face the most balls in an innings in test cricket. So that's something our our young grinder Teague wants to do in the future. And that's a pretty cool um, ambition, I reckon. Yeah.
1: 489 balls in one innings, phenomenal. That is exceptional. Baba mustn't have been far off that, actually, um, in that Fourth game-saving innings. knock yeah. as well. I think he got past four hundred. I think so. I was very close, but anyway, yeah, that's yeah, exceptional, exceptional batting, um, and yeah, they're they're in the series still. Yep.
0: Yeah. Baldy so. went out for two hundred four overnight, and that was a ninth wicket partnership. I think I saw overnight. Um, again, Instagram gives us a lot of stats because we follow cricket accounts um Saqib Mahmood batting 11 top scored for England they were 9 for 114 and made 204 they the last pair Jack Leach and Mahmood Leach made 41 Mahmood made 49 that was the 12th time in test history that the number 11 has top scored so a bit of history overnight eh? it's all happening Um, isn't it it is all happening so much cricket and we haven't even got into the Women's World Cup we're going to save that for another episode we haven't really got into so much other cricket that's going on in the world, the, the um, IPL starts tomorrow, so that's very exciting, we're going to be doing some stuff, content around that, um, but just finally, um, before we sort of say goodbye, we just want to make note that Ash Barty, the tennis player, has announced her retirement at just the age of 25, it's a, it's a sad but happy day for her, I'm sure, um, we mentioned her on our podcast a few weeks ago, on the show a few weeks ago, about Um, how we've learnt about the identity um, piece around coaching people, um, not just athletes. Um, It was a really impactful thing that we learnt from her sort of mentor, Ben Crow. Um, So just a shout out from two sports-loving Aussies um, to Ash Barty. And who knows, she might come back and play cricket. She's sort of left it very open. There's a lot of speculation around what she's going to do next. Is she going to play professional golf, footy, cricket again is she gonna have a baby well is she gonna go into business politics who knows yeah. but what she's she's a superstar she's an amazing human um and yeah really proud that she's an australian and such a great ambassador for women's sport and sport in australia nah yeah in, in a way it's like it's kind of
1: great to see her going out on her terms because that sort of sums up everything that we've spoken about with her um understanding her identity and understanding that there's more to life than um i guess hitting a tennis ball yeah um dominating tennis being world number one so um she clearly values um has other values in life and um she's gonna explore
0: them and to me that's a person who doesn't let their ego sort of run wild she's ranked number one in the world now she won the aussie open earlier this year and and she um she could keep going she's 25 years old she could keep going and dominate and earn a lot more money, get a lot more recognition, become one of the great players of the modern era, of the, of the history of the game. But she said, as you just said, she said, nah, I want to do other things. I've got other values. Tennis, hitting a tennis ball isn't the most important thing to me. I heard on the radio yesterday about how being away from home during the pandemic and, and like living in bubbles really took it toll and she loves having a beer. She loves playing golf. She loves her nieces and nephews and, and maybe she wants to start a family of her own. So she's just got engaged so, yeah, congratulations there. And uh, that's a true, um, ins- truly inspiring story of someone who is doing it their way and is- doesn't matter what – isn't worried about other people's opinions um, and is-, is trying to live a happy life, not just a successful life.
1: Yeah, and I wouldn't be surprised to see her there dominating the AFLW or something like that next year. She loves the Tigers. so yep.
0: Yeah, maybe well, she'll be a we'll multi-format. See. She might play cricket in the summer, footy in the winter, and then golf all year round, just go on the golf tour as well and and fit it all in. She's that good. But we'll wrap it up there, Legends. Um, Yeah, thanks a lot for listening. Hopefully you got some value from this episode, something a bit different with uh, no guest in. Um, We might have another guest for you guys very soon. But just a bit of chit-chat with about a few things going on. Um, Love to hear your thoughts and comments as always. And and please leave a review um, over on the podcast channel to help us get heard by more people. So, Reedy... What's on for you for the weekend? You're back into footy, eh?
1: Yeah, playing footy now. So, um, yeah, looking forward to it. And, uh,
0: yeah, enjoyed this chat, actually. Should do more of it, I reckon. Lovely. Well, we'll hear what the audience thinks. Um, Cheers, Legends.